Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Greetings, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. Welcome to the Wine, Work, and Passion podcast, where we go beyond wine education and help you pursue your dream job in the exciting world of wine. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and I've been working with wine ever since I was old enough to serve my first glass. I know from experience that being part of the wine industry means more than a career, it's a lifestyle, and I've loved every minute of it. Our mission at Wine, Work, and Passion is to help you pursue your best life in the field you love. In each episode, I'll talk with wine industry insiders and leaders who know what it takes to help you get the interview, land the job, and flourish in this amazing world of wine. Today, I'll talk to Kat Walensky, Senior Editor at VinePair, the largest digital media company in the beverage space. VinePair publishes engaging and entertaining and even inspiring articles about all types of beverages and the experiences that you'll have with a glass in your hand. Kat will share her experience and expertise from an editor's point of view and help those of you who are aspiring writers on a path to a career sharing your enthusiasm about wine and other beverages. Be sure to stay tuned until the end when Kat will tell us how you can use your writing skills and get published now. Welcome, Kat. Can you please tell the audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry and alcohol beverage industry and maybe who you work for? Yes, Karen. Thank you. I am the senior editor of Vine Pair, which is a drinks publication covering beer, wine, and spirits. Um, and how I got here is a, a little bit of a long meandering path. I've written about everything from local news to business magazine, writing to freelancing for several years. Um, but I've been with Fine Pair full time now for three and a half, almost four years. Great. Well, we want to hear more about that. I just want to tell the audience how you and I know each other. So I was lucky enough to have you as one of my star students in one of my WSET level two online classes. And honestly, when I saw your email address pop up as VinePair, I was pretty excited, you know, having been in wine education forever, it seems, and uh, working with a big company at the time, working for Constellation back then. You know, Vine Pair was kind of where where it was at, and I've been a big follower for many years. And what I really like about what your magazine is all about is it really has a fresh, modern approach to alcohol beverage, um, and it's a little irreverent sometimes, which I like. You know, it keeps me interested, it keeps me laughing and smiling about. You know, doesn't take us doesn't take the topic overly seriously, although you do certainly have your share of serious articles, but makes it fun and approachable. And, and I think it's a great publication for, you know, those who are, you know, wine spectator and those types of things are great, but we need to bring a younger generation and in, in a new audience to wine. So anyway, I think you guys do a great job at that. Um, so I wanted to have you on the show because not just our listeners, but even in my student body, I mean, and I, educate at least a couple hundred students every single month. And I always ask them what, what they do or why they're taking the class. 
so many of them say, you know, I'm a wine blogger, I'm a wine writer. And, you know, I don't know exactly how far they get with it. I think a lot of it is just Instagram or maybe on their own page. Um, and they all want to know more and they take classes hoping that they find that out. So um, it's a good segue for me as the resident career coach to, um, to, to research this. So super happy when I, when I ran into you and you were you were happy to be a willing victim. So I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping today you can, you know, tell our listeners, you know, who are already writing or maybe blogging or maybe want to, you know, how can they get on the path to the you know, right direction to get them to the next level and maybe, maybe get published. So anyway, let's get started. And I want to know a lot more about you. So Tell us how exactly you started your journey into alcohol beverage and ultimately how it led you to being a writer and then landing a job at VinePair. Yeah, so I was a writer to begin with. I studied creative writing in college. My first job out of college was local news reporting for a, a hyper-local news website. And Eventually, I took a couple of different full-time jobs, um, the most impactful, I would say, being a magazine called Vision Monday, which was a business publication for the optical industry. So okay. <laughs> started this path. Exciting topic. <laughs> yeah, eye care and eyewear. And that was really what how I kind of cut my teeth as a journalist in terms of covering a business and you know my beat at that time was small businesses. So I eventually, you know, made the connection between these, these optometrists and opticians and optical shops, you know, like I was as interested or perhaps much more interested in small businesses like breweries and bars that had good beer selections. And my entry point was really beer more than wine. And uh, yeah, I guess I was, happy at that job for a little while. And then I kind of reached the ceiling and I was freelancing and doing some moonlighting gigs, writing for local blogs, doing bar reviews of different bars in Brooklyn. And eventually I did that enough to take the plunge and leave that job and go freelance for three years. And during that time, I really built up my portfolio writing for beer magazines um, national magazines like Craft Beer and Brewing. I was the New York columnist for Ale Street News, which is a regional brews paper, and several other websites, both trade-focused and consumer publications. And really, it was happenstance that my husband, Pat, and I had taken this big trip. He was also freelance at the time. And we realized after three years of being freelance, we hadn't really taken advantage of like the freedom of it. We were just working all the time. So we yeah, went, hence the word free in length, right? right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're really just working 24 seven. At least that's how I was. But we went to uh, a friend of mine got married in China. We turned it into a longer trip in Asia. And then we came back and he just happened to have someone reach out to him. And I had a connection with somebody and I, I saw that, that VinePair was hiring. And I, you know, I wasn't really planning to go back into full time, but some of my freelance clients weren't as appealing um, anymore. So yeah, I started interviewing and ultimately took a job 
at Vinepair as a staff writer, then moved into a senior staff writer role, then into an editorial role, and now most recently to senior editor. So Kat, before we go on any further, I have a question for you that I think um, many people in the audience have. So I know you were writing for the Optical Magazine, and then you moved over into doing bar reviews, maybe nightclub reviews in Brooklyn. How did that transpire? Did somebody tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, would you like to write some articles or do some some business reviews for us? Or was it you pursuing those publications, asking them, could I, you know, could I write articles for you? It was definitely pursuing the publications. And where that really came from was just pursuing my own passion for beer and for really the the community around craft beer in New York was really budding at the time. And even outside of New York, my now husband and I, we would, anytime we traveled, we would be, you know, like getting a Groupon to a hotel somewhere to check out their beer scene, like places that like, you know, it's somewhere in New Hampshire or it's like somewhere close by. Eventually we drove cross country to the great American beer festival, (laughs) but yeah, it was really just an interest that we shared, um, something that I was really into since college. And I just kept going to these events and, you know, festivals and tastings. And I would be just like hanging on to the brewers and the people pouring and asking about their business and their, their beers. And, you know, it just kind of blossomed into this, yeah, this community that uh, I became a part of. And then I ultimately met, someone it was actually through interviewing someone for something completely unrelated that I met the editor at the time of Brooklyn which was a blog that uh, it's like a lifestyle news really like a news blog for for Brooklyn um and that was created during the recession and it was geared towards you know like young 20 somethings 30 somethings who were you know, live in, live in, live in large with small change, I think was our tagline. (laughs) I love that. That was my life. So I started going to meetings for this, uh, for, for Brooklyn and they were working on a project called the beer book, which was basically, it's a, a beer guide or like a, a bar guide where each page is a different bar in Brooklyn. And then you tear the page out and get a free beer at that bar. So you know, I started as one of many people working on that. Then I ended up taking over that project, um, became the editor and curator for the Brooklyn Beer Book, the Queens Beer Book. And that was like a big stepping stone for me as well. That led to the Ale Street News column. And then that led to me covering festivals more. And then, you know, I just, you know, each time you do a thing, (laughs) you kind of keep building and taking these things elsewhere. So, I mean, I look back now and I'm like, I forget about some of these places I wrote for that were a bit of a stretch, you know, like a fitness magazine that also covered like beer festivals. I I am not into fitness very much, but like I wrote about that, you know. Yeah. That's interesting because I have a coaching client right now that is trying to get into the wine industry and she's also kind of a fitness buff. And so I was doing some research for her. And uh, I found if I just, all I did was type in wine and fitness and I found all these yoga and wine classes and blogs and, and lifestyle pages that tie those to 
things in together. Something you mentioned uh, as you were talking, uh, it sounds like a lot of networking was involved. Yeah, I think I didn't realize at the time that that's what I was doing. It was more a hobby and, you know, I did it for fun, going out and going to breweries and going to events, you know, meeting people. And then you kind of start seeing the same people at different events. You know, it's right. when you when you find your niche, it's like it it's kind of a small world. You know, you get you get to know everyone else who really cares about this <laughs> a lot. Right, right. And that's just kind of how uh, I guess that's how I built that foundation of of like being connected to the beer industry here in New York, and then ultimately being right. able to take those connections elsewhere and you know nationally and even internationally. Right. But I want to make a point, you know, you got started through beer and, you know, beer is brewed. I'm I'm assuming in every state in the union, you can make beer. Um, There's breweries all over the place. And I think, you know, some people think, well, that wouldn't work for me because I don't live near Napa. I don't live near Sonoma, but the truth of the matter is there are, there is a growing wine industry across America in almost every major, uh, well, in every state, they make wine of some sort. Um, even in Alaska, they buy grape or grapes or juice and haul it up there and make wine. Um, so there is a vibrant wine scene everywhere. If you wanted to do wine instead of beer and just an example, I'm from Ohio and, you know, Ohio, Great Lakes region, lots of wineries up there. People don't think about, and there's a little local magazine called the wine buzz. And I actually know one of the writers there and, you know, he does that more as a side job, but, you know, those are great little publications to get your, to get published, to get your feet wet, to get your experience, cut your teeth on, I think. And so, yeah, I'm guessing that, you know, any major city probably has some kind of a wine magazine of some sort regional or what have you. So you don't have to live here in Napa to visit. uh, And it's a great way to travel, go around America and visit all the little wine regions around the world, around the country. It's fun. Exactly. And those are the the places that, you know, people aren't covering as much for even publications like ours. We actually, in November, we are dedicating our site uh, to American wine month. So we'll be having a lot of special programming and, you know, we're assigning stories and, um, different pieces for that specific reason to to like highlight these other regions because you know yes we get pitches about Napa and Sonoma all the time right right what when is that next month that will be in November yeah in November okay I got a thought about that okay well all right so so that's great and and I you know I appreciate you talking about your beginnings and and how you ended up at a at a great publication like uh, like Vine Pair. Um, quick question before I go on to my next question for you. Did you ever post on social media yourself, like do your own little Instagram blog or that type of thing? Yes. My Instagram handle still is beer affair, like a love affair with beer. <laughs> and now that it's been several years, I kind of question, you know, should I just make it my name? But I don't know. I'm, I'm deep in it now. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I started chronicling I mean I remember when Instagram came out and I was like this is silly I'm gonna post pictures to like what what is what is this and then look what right. it's become I mean right forget being you don't need to be near a wine region to connect with other wine you know right. community members or passionate people or it's it's like such a great gateway to connecting with anybody whatever it is whether it's wine and fitness or it's like 
wine and bird watching or it's there's just right. whatever it is you're into it's out there <laughs> and yeah. someone will yeah wine goes with almost every other event absolutely <laughs> so. that's the great thing about it you can really connect it to any part of culture um so i did right. at one point try to have a blog but um it didn't really last very long because then i was freelancing so you know I'm, i was spending all of my time and resources writing about beer for publications to get paid and so right the blogging kind of follow the money yeah and then instagram was so big that it was like it it didn't really make a lot of sense for me to have like all of that going at once Um, but i do think social media is very important when you are trying to make you know have a presence to make connections to show what you're what you're into. Like if someone pitches me the story about how much they love Michigan wine and then they give me their Instagram handle and it's, you know, there's no wine (laughs) anywhere in sight. Unless they, there's a reason, you know, it's like, I want to see that that's part of the person's lifestyle and passion. And in the same way that like so many of us obsessively pursue these things and then are lucky enough to make careers out of them. Right. That's a great point. So as an editor, when somebody wants to publish with you, you go on their social media and look at what they're writing. And if they're not writing about wine or beer or whatever, you know, the alcohol beverage world, you know, you realize maybe that's not a great fit. And interesting because when I work with my coaching clients, one of the things, you know, most of my clients don't have any industry experience. They might have a WSET credential or two, but they don't have any industry experience. And the first thing I tell them is go on you know, get an Instagram handle if you don't have one, but even more importantly, go on LinkedIn and write original content about wine. Maybe you're taking a WSET course. Well, blog about your experience, blog about maybe something new you just learned about, you know, a region that you didn't know about before and make it genuine, make it authentic and post it on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a great place where people are going to look for who are you, right? More, They take it more seriously than Insta. Great to do it. You can do it on Insta too, but add it to LinkedIn. And I'll tell you what, it has worked for many of my clients. It gets them wow. noticed. And where where they say, well, I don't have, in, I don't have industry experience, but, but my, this is my passion. And I'm good at, um, especially if you're trying to be a wine educator or a writer, you know, this is how I, this is my communication skill. And it's a very powerful tool. So I'm really, I'm very glad you brought that up. And we kind of just swerved into that. You and I hadn't talked about that before. But I think it is an important thing when you're, whether you're going to be a writer or whether you just want to work in the industry, um, writing original content is healthy. It's a healthy way to overcome that lack of industry experience, at least in, at least in my experience, what I'm, what I'm finding. So one more quick question. So you're, you have your level two, congratulations. I do. Your WSC, yes, just WSC. time, right? Just pass. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. <laughs> I know results are taking a while, but, um, so my question is, I know you were always very beer centric. What motivated you to take the wine, the course, the WSET level two in wine? And are you going to start applying that to your writing or how's that going to affect your future? Yes, absolutely. So when I started here at Vine Pair, I was the beer expert. I was covering all three beer, wine, spirits as a writer, but beer has always been my forte. It was like everything beer is left to me. I had like, I was, that was just my beat and moving into a role as an editor. It's, it's very different. You know, I can't just be 
the best at beer for our website, I now have to be the best at all of these things. So I didn't feel like, you know, I, I, I always want to be learning more about any subject that I'm covering, but certainly if I'm assigning and editing stories, I need to know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I needed to really plug into the technical side of things um, where, where WSET is concerned and then also just be getting out more. I mean, when possible, visiting wine bars, you know, tasting all sorts of things that come into the office or just like tasting as much as I can. And, and now that hopefully we can be traveling a little bit more, visiting different types of um, wine businesses. It's just really, I felt like I knew everything I needed to know about beer. You know, it's, I'm always learning still. I'm certainly not saying I know everything, but I got that. Whereas with wine, it was like, I just wanted to be an expert. And I also just really love school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I took the level one, um, like, you know, early COVID days. And it was just like, it was just something to have a goal and to like show myself some progress. And, you know, the whole groundhog day, we all keep talking about, it was like, well, as long as I'm spending my entire life inside my small apartment, uh, I can finally like do these things. I've always wanted to pursue continuing education and, in, in, you know, wine and spirits and just hadn't made the time. So there it was lots of time. Right. right. <laughs> uh, so level one is a breeze, but not as enjoyable of a class um, where I took it. It was like a small school in New Jersey that, didn't really have a lot of services set up at the time. It was kind of like, you know, you read the book and if you make it to the forums, then good for you. But <laughs> level two was like so awesome. <laughs> I actually oh, looked yeah. forward to our class every Wednesday. And it was really like, there was just so many resources on, on um, from Napa Valley Wine Academy too. I actually spoke with a woman last week who said she took another exam, the intro to Psalm the uh, sommelier exam and she would go on to Napa Valley Wine Academy's website <laughs> to get information to study for this other exam. I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's was- awesome. Yeah. We, we have our own uh, blog page on our, the Napa Valley Wine Academy does um, it just look for the blog tab and there's, well, I, I write a blog um, on the blog. I write a wine industry career series. Um, I'm on my 12th article and they're fun. I love writing them, but there's articles on, everything, you know, the same, similar to the kind of thing you guys do at Vine Pair, maybe not quite as um, modern or, or um, God, I don't want to say a word that's going to date myself like hip, but you know where I'm going. Our articles can be somewhat serious, but, but if, you know, if you want to, it is fun for people to check out and it is, it is a good resource. And I'm glad you found us because I do think, well, we are the leader of WSET in the U.S., actually around the world. We, we teach more students WSET than anybody except the WSET. So oh we are pretty yeah, substantial. I had a couple of really good recommendations. And then I spent a lot of time looking at all the different online courses that were available and actually created a proposal comparing each one and what they offered oh, and wow. how they cost. And <laughs> yeah, it was the best one. And I'm so oh, glad I did well, I was I was happy to have you as a student. So tell us a little bit more about Vine Pear. 
Um, you know, you mentioned that you, you know, you have blogs about or articles about, you know, wine, beer and spirits, but tell us a little bit more and about the organization, the audience, you know, that type of thing. Sure. So the mission, which you kind of nailed in the beginning of this uh, recording already was to make learning about wine and reading about wine and, and, you know, that whole journey more accessible and more accessible to a younger audience. It was started by our, the co-founders are Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon. They were college buddies and they ultimately uh, started a wine club after they had graduated. And I think they realized like, oh man, I wish I could find this information or this question we have. Like when I go to look it up, it's like this stuffy or, you know, like right. they're, they're, I think across publications, this has gotten a lot better in recent years, but, you know, you kind of felt like you had to be in, in the, or like you had to be an expert already to be able to follow right. these these things. And this was more like, you know, your cool, smart friend is explaining <laughs> all these different things to you. So there's, it started with those types of, um, you know, 101, wine 101 and beer 101 and all the different spirits. And it has really evolved a lot and is now a leading drinks publication, um, you know, in, in the country. It's the most read online and we cover everything from the best Sauvignon Blancs we're drinking right now to tackling racism in winery tap rooms. Or it's the big stuff and it's the fun stuff and everything in between. And the hard stuff. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, you're right about, you know, I mean, I've been in the industry for more more decades than I care to remember. But, but you know, it, it is true. Coming up in the wine industry, you know, when I would go out looking for more information, it, it did feel like I'm too stupid to read this. Like, I, right, I don't right. even know, like, I don't, I need training wheels with what I'm reading, right? It should come with some, some instructions. And it wasn't until later as I learned more about wine because of, because I finally got into sales and then ultimately into education. Um, and I have a saying when I work with my students, you know, they sometimes even just tasting notes, you'll look up a tasting note online and, and it's, speaking in all these flowery technical terms and talking about malolactic fermentation. And I say, you know, sometimes as wine, as, as I don't want to use the word expert, cause I don't consider myself an expert, but as somebody who knows a lot about wine, well, thank you. But, you know, but as an instructor, sometimes we forget and we sometimes do more to scare people away than to bring them in. Right? right. And if you if you speak to their level and and I love the way you said it's like learning about wine from a really cool friend. That's a great yeah. way to describe Vine Pair. I, I totally agree with that. That's what drew me to the publication. Thank you. I'm glad that it comes yeah. across. And I love hearing that because it is, you know, we try really hard to make it it's it's you can still have content that's sophisticated and expert and knowledgeable, but not be exclusive, you know, and not right. be something that like, even as an editor, I am just constantly pressing for more details or asking like, can you just briefly explain that? Like if someone just throws malolactic fermentation in there, which is a good uh, example. I just recently assigned a story about malolactic fermentation, but the point is to present this in a, you know, in a way that's, if you're a beginner, you can understand it. 
if you're an expert, right. then we also have the VP Pro, you know, the trade uh, fo- focused vertical and newsletters for both as well. Um, so, you know, there's, there's like, there's going to be something there for any level for beginners. Yeah. Or, I think that's important. Yeah. yeah. Very important. Um, so to enjoy VinePair, they can just go to vinepair.com and it's P-A-I-R, right? One word, V-I-N-E-P-A-I-R, right? Yes. And you can just go to vinepair.com and hang out on the website, but they can also, once they're there, they can sign up for your newsletter, right? So it comes right to their inbox each, each, how often does it get published? Yeah, we have a few different newsletters. So depending on what you sign up for, It'll be, you know, it could be once a week, it could be a couple times a week. And those are really, I think, a great way to get an idea of, you know, it's curated for you. So the best things that we publish that week will be curated in a newsletter. Um, You know, it's, it's short and sweet. And then if you're interested, you can go on to the website to read the full story. And that is, um, I think that's probably the most like connected to the website, you know, of course we're on social media. You can see all the articles we publish on Twitter. Um, the Instagram is kind of its own beast. It's not like we're promoting everything we publish there. It's kind of more like, you know, lifestyles and dogs drinking wine. And I posted one today. I mean, you, people can't resist. Fun. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's Facebook, good. Well, that's like, we're, we also publish a lot of news stories and kind of like viral news type stories every day. So that's that's what you'll find more on Facebook. Like each type of coverage um, kind of shows up in different places. The newsletter is a great way to see it all in one place. But then, of course, going to the website is where you see all of our beautiful stories. And there's you can you know go by category, you can go by column. Um, it's, it's a really great resource. We also have a cocktail recipe library. If you're looking into spirits and yeah, lots and lots of wine reviews and spirits reviews and beer reviews, it's, we've got everything. And there's even a podcast. Oh yeah. We have super awesome podcasts. (laughs) I I listen to your podcasts. Yeah. The, it's actually, I think we, it just surpassed like the, how many years? three-year anniversary for the podcast and it's now New York Times recommended it's like killing it and uh, then our wine director Keith Beavers he hosts our wine 101 podcast he just finished the third season and like it is awesome it's just like popping off it's there the two podcasts are now neck and neck and he's just oh wow I haven't haven't checked that one out I'll I'll have to get on and and yeah, check that one like, out. That's, so it's just called Wine 101? Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm going to check that out for sure. So um, so you're the senior editor. That means any articles are going to get past you, correct? Um, I mean, you get, you get final say. Do your writers, most of them, or is it a mix, work directly for VinePair, or do you use a lot of freelance contributors? Both. So it's, it's uh, myself... And Joanna Sherino, she's the executive editor. And we also have an associate editor, Katie Brown. The three of us are really vetting pitches together and kind of tackling that as a team. And we have one staff writer who's full-time staff writer, um, senior staff writer now, actually, who was recently promoted. Congrats, Tim. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, 
the editors and other team members will still contribute articles, but a majority of our content is freelancers. So these are free agents. They, of course, we love it if they are writing exclusively for us and bringing us all the best stories, and many of them do. But they are also writing for other publications, whether they're, you know, at the height of their careers and they've published several books or they're like some of the students or clients you mentioned who maybe have a blog and they're really looking to break in. Um, We really try to and really do balance having both and, you know, taking the time to really nurture new writers while also getting the high caliber bylines as well. Right. So if somebody has this idea that, hey, I, I, this sounds like something I could do, and they wanted to, so, the, so what is the process? They submit, I know they can go on vinepair.com, and I know it's way at the bottom, scroll down to the bottom, and it tells you how to submit um, an article. So basically, they submit an article, it gets reviewed, um, and then you decide whether or not it's going to get published, and then they get we paid don't, for it, I guess. We don't take unsolicited submissions that way. So it's, it's a pitching process. So if you have a story idea or several, then you would, you would reach out to an editor or to the editors at VinePair inbox and you pitch the story idea. So you'll say, you know, subject line writer pitch, uh, the Ohio wine scene is booming. And then say like, hello, my name is such and such. I have like these credentials or not or experience or, you know, I I think it's, it's probably safe to say there needs to be some writing experience in there. But if you're not published anywhere yet, then, you know, show me the blog or show me a paper that you wrote in college. Like I, we just, we need to know that you can write. Um, and, And like, it's, it's really about the the idea that the person brings. So if it's like clearly stated and there's like the why we should cover this and why we should cover it now and who you're going to talk to and, you know, what this means for our readership, you know, why is it relevant to people who are coming and reading our publication, then we'll, we'll get back to you. And, you know, that's, it's really that simple. It is also just time consuming. So like, I always tell people to pitch with patience because you don't even want to know how many (laughs) inbox notifications I have. I will never reach zero. Um, So we're, you know, we're always, we do look at everything. Um, Sometimes it might take a week or two for us to get back to uh, people who are pitching, but yeah, I would say just look at that. uh, The, the page that you mentioned, I believe it's vinepair.com slash how, hyphen two hyphen pitch. Yeah. It's also at the very bottom of your page, it says how to pitch divine pair. And yeah. that, I know that gives good details on how yeah, to get that, that done. That was really is like a step-by-step process that uh, I created just so people could better understand because I was hearing that too, that, you know, there were writers or like through my network or people were saying that they were interested in contributing, but like didn't know how. It just right. and that was like, oh my god, people are like that simple step of like, yes, <laughs> here's the email address, or like, here's what we want, here's how you should package it. Um, that really has has uh, made I think this a lot more accessible. I mean, it's it's just 
it couldn't be easier <laughs> to pitch a publication these days. Like it's right. The information's so, out there. It will get to the to the editor eventually. Right. And and would you say that that's pretty much, you know, whether they want to pitch to Pair or some other publication, it's pretty much the process in general. Yeah. I think yeah. at this point, most publications like ours will have a page like that. Uh, they're just explaining what they're looking for. And, you know, it's not like the old days where you'd have to get the like writer's companion and be leafing through like a giant phone book size thing, look, trying to look up editors and what they cover. And like, right. You know, it's very different now. Like you love a website, just track somebody down and right, reaching right. out to okay. them. You know, try once or twice or three times, and right. you know, it's and, and so let let's say you let's say I submit an article and you like what I'm or I don't submit the article. I submit the concept and you like what you see and you think it's a good concept. So you say, okay, let's do it. And so then I would write the article and then you read the article and make editorial comments on it or is it just good to go at that point oh it's not good to go <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, that would be a well, you haven't been read my writing no <laughs> that, those are the best contributors where it's just you know crystal clear and best it can be but no our job as editors is not just to to proofread but to make these stories as impactful as they can be so i will right often come back with, like I said, I'll, I'll press for more detail or ask questions. You know, we do everything in Google Docs so we can be communicating back and forth. And, you know, I might want to know something more about this area or could you get another source from to, to kind of like round out this argument? You know, there's always, there can always be more work to be done, but it's all for the best. It's all to make the writer look as smart as they possibly can be. Okay. So, so there's some back and forth. The final, the final article is written. It gets published. How does the writer get paid? Mm. So the, the rates are discussed earlier. So once, if someone like, once you pitch, if your pitch is accepted, then we'll work out a deadline and a rate. So I'll say, you know, okay. So for a, a piece of like, a reported feature with this, this uh, you know, rough word count, like a range of this to that, you can pay this much for those features. And then it's, it's really different for each assignment. It depends on the, you know, the scope of the work, the writer's experience, um, whether they're new to our publication or not. And, you know, those things are negotiable and, and can change over time. Uh, and then once they, the article is published, you get paid within 30 days. It just goes straight into your bank account. Oh, like magic. Cool. And, <laughs> and are, do you, do you, do you solicit for articles or do you just wait till topics come to you? Like, do you solicit for like, put I it do. out to the universe? Hey, we're looking for topics or do you just wait till the topics land at your desk? Uh, we are constantly having pitch meetings and discussing story angles and taking those out. So I do that a lot. <laughs> you know, there's stories that I know that I want to cover and I'll, I'll try to be, you know, I'll, to find the right, the right writer to cover that topic. So, right. you know, over time you start to develop a, a stable of writers who, you know, you, you know, you can depend on, they have expertise in this certain area, uh, whether it's, you know, reporting 
a business feature about the beer industry or if it's <laughs> something more cultural. Like I recently assigned um, a few different pieces about weddings and like planning drinks and planning bars for your weddings because we're coming up on wedding season. So, you know, you, you kind of start to, to build those experts around you to tell the stories that you're looking to tell, but also everyone's, you know, people are pitching all the time as well. And it's, it's right. a mix of so it's both. fielding those pitches and then taking our own ideas and, and finding, you know, people to, who are interested in, in writing them. Right. Okay, good. Well, as we're coming to an end of our time here, um, one of the things I like to do with all of my guests and to help our audience, because they are, I'm sure, very interested in what you're talking about, you know, can you give us, you know, I'm wanting to break into the industry and, and I've written a few blogs and, you know, I, I have okay writing skills or decent writing skills. Um, what are a few, few things I can do now? Um, to, is it credentials I need to pursue? Is it just writing and posting? Is it submitting? What are the few things? Give me like three things or however many you'd like. Give me a few things that I can do right now to work to the path of getting published. One would be to make some connections. So whether that's, I don't mean like professionally, like having access to something. I mean more have a drink with a friend who's also interested in wine or go visit a wine bar or a winery uh, when you feel it's safe to do so um, to talk to the, the server there and, you know, just like start to, to get a sense for what's going on in the, in the industry or in the, you know, whatever it is you want to cover to write about um, really have a sense of like that community so that you are actually a trusted source of knowledge that a publication would want to Pursue two, maybe this is one. Follow Vine Pair on Instagram, and Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, and that's uh, number one. That's definitely number one. Okay, rewind. If you're, I mean, if it's Vine Pair specifically, but also any publication, you want to know that publication in and out. Like read everything that they publish. Look at every type of story, every topic, every column. You know, there's recurring columns those are really the easiest to break into. Like if you're on our website, you can see we have a Q and a section. We have um, another one called we asked where essentially you're reaching out to a bunch of different industry contacts, whether it's brewers or sommeliers and, you know, with a question that that would be assigned to you. But those types of articles are, are like probably the best way to start as a contributor. If you're not already an established writer we talked about posting, just getting some articles out there so people can see. Them. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think by connections, I mean, just being social, whether that's online or in person, being curious, asking questions, never be afraid to ask questions. I think people, especially in wine are so scared to ask questions. Yeah. Like how scary is it to walk into a wine shop and it's super quiet and it's just you and the shopkeep and you're like, Oh my God, I don't even know what I'm looking at. <laughs> like right. ask questions. Right. They would have nothing more than to tell you anything you want to know. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's true. And you know, maybe as a, as a point three or three B get some level of expertise about your topics, not, not just from the networking, but 
you know, I think it, it get, you have to have some credibility when you're writing about a topic. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be WSET, although, you know, we, that is the most recognized uh, course, you know, accredited course in the industry. Um, but get some kind of, of credibility, because if you right. don't have the writing experience, at least the credentials will help get you noticed. Exactly. And uh, yeah, you so certainly must have a demonstrated understanding and knowledge of whatever topic it is that you're looking to cover. And right. if it's earlier in your career, then then it could just be, you know, like an introductory type of topic. You know, don't try to pitch the malolactic fermentation story if you've never seen a wine barrel or, you know. <laughs> like, right. Well, yeah, speak to your, speak to your level of, of knowledge, you know, for sure. And, you know, as, as much as I, I, I say that, and I wasn't really meant to be a shameless plug for the Academy, but as long as we've said it, right. I'll, you know, we'll put I'll it out there. It. <laughs> you know, we, uh, we yeah. hope you have the same. We'd like to have you. We'd like to invite you to have the same experience that Kat did. She obviously oh God, I mentioned. Totally, your cheerleader. I, yeah, I recommend it enough. Um, you know, it's. I was lucky enough to take that proposal I mentioned to my employer, <laughs> and you know they were able to subsidize that for me. But I think nice. there are ways to to get there, even if you can't pay for the course. You know, there are a lot of virtual classes. There are some that are available for free. There are like, there's the the Academy blog. Like there's just so many resources out there that you could really start or, you know, ask around, post in a Facebook forum, see if anybody has the book, the textbook, and you can start studying. Right. um, While you're. Well, and we do offer courses outside of WSET that are, that are very, very reasonable. I mean, we have courses that start at $49 for a course, so they're not all, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So yeah, we, we have something for every budget, which is always, always nice. Um, well, Kat, I, I can't thank you enough. I think this has been one of my favorite podcasts because I feel like you've empowered a huge audience of writers to be inspired and, and now to get a better idea of how to get there. And, you know, I've always thought of myself as an aspiring writer and had no idea how to make it happen. So, you know, I might be submitting an article soon. We can do. See, I know you got the credentials. <laughs> well, I'll submit it anonymously because I don't want you to know who I am. You might not like it. <laughs> but anyway, well, I really want to thank you for, you know, sharing your experience and your expertise and your guidance with our audience. You've really pers- you've really inspired all of us to pursue our our dream and our passion of, you know, working in the world of wine and following wine work and passion here on our, on our podcast. So thanks so much, Kat. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Karen. The feeling is mutual. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.